Hello, Michelle Laurie here. It's no secret that Australia's property market is out of control these days, but I, for one, can't seem to stop following along. I've become a bit obsessed with it, to be honest. What's up, what's down, and who on earth is paying those prices for those houses? So I want to personally recommend a podcast for you. It's called Real Property. It'll keep you across the latest information on the Australian property market in a clear and easy-to-digest way. Real Property, building a community of more informed property buyers. Take a listen wherever you get your podcasts. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The producers of this podcast recognise the traditional owners of the land on which it's recorded. They pay respect to the Aboriginal elders past, present and those emerging. All of a sudden I was like, when am I going to get my turn? And then the resentment grew. The resentment to... Hames and Andy that they weren't giving me the opportunity like I deserved it like for some reason because they had success then I was owed it was this thing that I really subconsciously had in my head that's Ryan Shelton over his life Ryan has racked up a great many creative and comedic achievements But perhaps the biggest one of all is that he survived being Hamish Blake's best mate for over 20 years. Their paths first crossed at school when they formed a bond over a mutual love of comedy. Their passion carried through to their uni days where the pair combined to create their own sketch show called Radio Karate on Channel 31, a program Ryan readily admits was a pretty blatant rip-off of The Late Show. When Radio Karate wrapped, Ryan assumed it'd be the final act of his short-lived comedic career before finishing up his advertising degree. But Hamish had made a new friend called Andy, and together they had other ideas. Of course, Hamish and Andy went on to reach unfathomable heights, and it's been plenty of fun for all of us ever since. Now, usually, when your best friend is out there kicking goals, you're celebrating alongside them, right? I'm Michelle Laurie, and this is Calm Your Farm. Tips and tricks for taking care of you from the unlikeliest of gurus, and this is a very, very special edition of Calm Your Farm. It's a longer episode than usual, but I just couldn't edit it anywhere. I couldn't shorten it. There was nothing to leave out. It's very special. I hope you love it as much as I do. So I went to high school with Hamish Blake. Oh, that. You poor little bugger. <laughs> oh, sorry, is that not you? Oh, sorry. No, 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 that's, that's, you're on the right track. Um, no, actually, no, you're not. I know what you mean. Sort of different thing. So um, anyway, so we went to high school together, like best best friends, and um, and we, you know, did sketches together and, like, we were in the school plays together and all these sorts of things, and we just we just had the best, the best time. We'd stay up all night watching Monty Python together and we would learn to just... I don't know, just like loved comedy together, I guess, um, with no real grand plans to do anything about it except for like, well, wouldn't it be cool? Like the thing that we would always used to 
the people who we kind of idolized at the time and will still do is the working dog group you know so we used to love like the late show and frontline and the panel and they were a group of friends and comedians who made their own stuff and it seemed like they just sort of made what they wanted to make and they kind of seemed to be in the industry but also kind of separate in a weird in a way which seemed kind of inspiring and pretty rare back then it's probably more common now but back then it seemed very rare and so we you know that, that was they were just people who we always sort of looked up to and and we always thought oh wouldn't it be cool to have our own production company one day and you know wouldn't it be cool to make our own stuff but neither of us were really had serious aspirations because we were 16 or 17 or whatever we were so it's not like we expected anything to actually happen it was just like oh that'd be good in the same way that I go like oh that'd be cool to go to space or you know (laughs) you know it's like it's that it was that sort of um level of ambition so we made sketches and we did things and then in, in uni, uh, I went off and studied advertising, my um, my backup uh, career. Oh, yes. Yep. Um, and that was sort of what I assumed would happen. I'd go and do advertising and, and I'd get into advertising and that's what you, that's what you do because that's a job, not, not be on television. That's not a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so anyways, that was, that was that. And then Hames went off and he studied, he was studying commerce science, um, <laughs> at uni. And so, but he was also at the time doing like a little bit of stand up comedy and he was sort of trying some of his, and I think he was also, I can't remember when this happened, but at some point he, he got a job on the Tracy and Matt breakfast show yes like as a as a writer I think he was writing for Tracy or something like that and anyway so he was doing that and we, it was kind of like this was like oh that's sort of fun that's cool because you know that's wow you're in a real radio station that's that's awesome yeah. so anyway so, but then in 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 high school Hamish met Andy and and so Hamish like, I met this guy Andy and and we met him and was like this is this, he's really great. He's got friends as well and they make their own stuff. And so we kind of like joined forces and started just making uh, lots of stuff together. And, and we made a TV show on Channel 31 called Radio Karate, which was our attempt at the late show, essentially. <laughs> yeah. um, it was just essentially us doing the same format, but with, you know, but with no idea of what we were doing. <laughs> yep. Uh, and they did six six episodes of that, and for, in my mind, it was like, oh well, that's like that's it then. Like we've done it. Like we did the show. How cool is that? We had our own show, had like a fundraising party with friends, and in my mind, I just thought, well, that's the end of it. Like now, I'm going to go traveling and come back, and then I'll probably get a job in advertising. But Hames and Andy, they they kind of, I mean, this is like sounds ridiculous saying now, but they just like formed this like chemistry that just sort of worked so well um and within that show they would do uh the opening kind of not a monologue but a duologue you know they would sort of open the show together because they were also writing comedy together at uni and they would and and Andy as you probably know Mitch like Andy is so ambitious yeah like he's just like from as long as I've known him he has this belief that anything's possible. I don't have that belief. Like I don't, 
I don't think, I don't think anything's possible. <laughs> You're Mister. I'll, I'll just get a job in advertising. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've just always, you know, I mean, maybe now I think, I think more is possible than I did then. Oh, thank God. You're still not planning to go into advertising, are you? Because I was getting a really bad feeling for a minute there. No, 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 no. But like at the time, anyway. My point being is like Andy has this sort of drive and this belief, like, come on, let's do it, and he can see himself doing the thing, and yeah. it's like. Yeah, of course. I'll just do the thing. In my mind, I'm like, who's going to pick me? Like what? As if, I don't say that as like a sad thing, just more as like a realistic thing. Yeah. It's like, I'm more of a realist, yeah. not like I'm, I'm shit. No one will want, you know, but it's, yeah. it's that sort of thing. Um, anyway, so Hames and Andy went off and they did their thing and they you know, sort of gradually did a show at the comedy festival together. They, got a late night show on radio together and it sort of slowly became this thing. Anyway, cut to, yeah, as this was happening and their, and their, um, their, I guess, for want of a better term, star rose, you know, as they got more successful and more popular, um, that I, I, start, I started to find that really difficult. And, and I, this is something, this is something that I, I couldn't say this at the time. Like at the time, there was no way I would say that there's no way I would ever acknowledge the fact that I was jealous or envious or anything like that. And it certainly wasn't a case of them consciously like leaving me out. It wasn't, it wasn't anything like that. It was it's just that they met new friends, you know, whatever. But but what I've since discovered, and I only I only really was able to kind of come like realize this and and talk about it in terms that were kind of somewhat somewhat eloquent uh, in the last like couple of years through speaking to a bunch of different people and doing a bit of therapy and whatever. Um, I realized that for all those years, like so, when those years you'll remember when Hamish and Andy were like the number one radio show, those, that era. Mm. Um, I, first of all, Hames and I were still like best friends, but I never listened to their show. I couldn't. Yeah. And I never really acknowledged the success. Like, of course I would, we would talk about it, but I, I, I was never able to properly like be happy for Hames and Andy, but Hames is my longtime friend. So I, I, I was never able to let myself be happy for him because deep down I was like envious mm. um, or there was like something in me which was like this entitlement that I should be getting it as well. Like I, I kind of felt like even though I hadn't done anything to, I hadn't done any of the work, I just sort of thought, well, we're friends, so why, why aren't I getting that success and stuff as well? So this is like for years and um, and it was really, really, it was really hard. And I, and I think in hindsight, it was, it was quite sort of detrimental to our friendship. Having spoken to Hames about it now, it's like he could tell, obviously, like if you are having all this success and you're like closest friend who you discovered comedy with isn't acknowledging this insane success that you're having, pretty strange. Oh, it's very, I'm sure it was very isolating in a lot of ways, um, you know, success yeah. is very isolating. So I'm sure you weren't the only person who was acting weird. 
Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but that's true. Yeah, so yeah, I guess I was, that that was that went on for a long time. And like, and in that time, I still was able to, I still did things that, you know, that I was proud of and whatever. But, but because I was like comparing myself to this, this like juggernaut, juggernaut. thing, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, everything I did sort of seemed a bit like, small fry or yeah it, it was it was just it was a really tricky situation and anyway that 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 was tough for a long time and then not to the extent not to the extent where it was tough like I was struggling or I was actively sad about it it was more just that that simple thing that I wasn't able to be happy for my friend and, and and that that was the that was the thing that um I didn't realize was happening at the time, but have since realized was it's like not a nice thing to do. And the reason that was happening was because of this gross envy. And then sort of what came from that was was like this shame that I wasn't as good or that I wasn't good enough to make it in a commercial world quote unquote commercial world, which I thought was important because that's all I knew. Like I only knew this world which where, and this is, you know, obviously before, really before YouTube and streaming stuff. So there was like, there weren't many opportunities mm. to do things. And so if you didn't have commercial appeal <laughs> or whatever <laughs> that is, if you didn't have that, then I know I'm, I'm speaking to you, Michelle, I know I'm preaching to the converted, but like I'm yeah, talking no, to I get it, yeah, yeah. to our listeners. Yeah. yeah. Um, th th you know, if you didn't have that, then it's like, well, don't even bother. Go, go, go to advertising. Yeah. And so, so I had this sort of, so what developed was this sort of shame um, that I wasn't good enough to make it because I wasn't involved in what was happening with, with them. Mm. What I did about it eventually, this is, well, this is probably in 2018. Quite recently, really. Really, in, really in, recently. In the friendship, certainly, yeah. yeah. 2019 it was, yeah. And by this stage, you know, Hames and I, and like the, we've, we'd made like all the gap year shows, True Story, yeah. Perfect Holiday, like we'd been on Rove, like we'd done all of that stuff. So it's not like we hadn't been working together. We'd been close. But then, then I, a number of things happened to me, specifically like meeting Hugh uh, Van Kylenberg, who I now do the Imperfects podcast with, meeting him, discovering books like The Courage to be Disliked, um, people like Eckhart Tolle, Brene Brown, meeting with a guy called, do you know Ben Crow? Have you heard of Ben Crow? No. Ben Crow is um, a oh, long story. Anyway, Ben, meeting with him and him, he essentially taught me about purpose um, and about shame. He was the one that was able to teach me about what shame is, what it actually is. Right. and was able to encourage me to acknowledge what my shame was. Wow. And that's what sort of kicked off this whole thing. Mm. And from that, I realised what I've just told you, realised this whole story. And, and I sort of was like, oh, fuck, what do I, what do, I do with that information? I and so I told Hugh this whole thing of how I was feeling. And he was like, well, you, have you told Hamish? <laughs> I was like, no fucking way. Like wow. as if I'm as if I'm going to tell him that I was jealous of him, and that I was envious, 
and was resentful of him because he wasn't giving me opportunities that I felt like I deserved, that I didn't, but I felt like I did. And he was like, well, I I really think you should tell him because I think if you do, I think you'll find that his perspective is really different than what you think it is. And I was like, well, that's a terrifying thought, having that conversation. Like we we don't have those, like we're close, but people don't have those conversations. That's Well, men don't. Especially, well, especially. Yeah, well, I mean, they are no. That would be hard for women, definitely. I don't want to be too sexist, but but for men, that's really super hard. Yeah. Oh, so hard. And anyway, so then I when I told Hugh that story, he had the idea of us doing a podcast together and finding people to tell similar stories like the one I just told you. Um, people who would seemingly on the face of it look like they're completely happy and have no problems exactly what your podcast is probably doing it um and so anyway so we thought that and then he was like because that would be so beneficial for people to hear that story Mm. and I was like I guess so yeah but but I'd have to speak to Hames about it if I was going to ever do it as an episode obviously I need to not only speak to him but also get his blessing that I can actually tell the story so then it became this thing like, okay, we're starting the podcast, you know, came up with the imperfect, spoke to a bunch of great people. And the idea was that my, my story, my episode was it going to be at the end of the year. Oh. So I had this kind of deadline to talk to Hames about I assumed it. you'd start it with yours. No, no, no. We started it with Missy Higgins. Had a, had a, yeah, had these like five, we had five episodes. Then I was going to be the sixth in that first year. Wow. Yeah, so anyway, eventually kind of mustered up some shred of courage, which is weird because it's like I talk to Hames all the time. Yeah. But this but this was like something so raw. What I've sort of since realised is it's like the power of, it sounds so cliche to say this phrase now, but it's so true in my experience, is the power of, of vulnerability and being vulnerable. Yeah. it's like I've heard people say that for years and just say, oh yeah no that would be good I guess I guess that's good (laughs) but to actually do it like that has been nothing like seriously nothing short of life-changing not just not just for Hames and I's relationship and the openness because up until then there was always this sort of unspoken weird cloud that it's sort of like we both like always knew, or just since this not this not always yeah yeah no not always like I mean we would have fun all the time like it yeah, wasn't yeah. like a constant block or anything it was just like this especially in a work environment there was just this cloud that sort of just followed us and we never spoke about it um often could ignore it but there was no doubt it was there okay and so this having this conversation was like to, to actually point at the cloud and go, let's that's that's weird. Let's wow. talk about that and get rid of it. The elephant and in the room. The elephant in the room, yeah. And 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 sort of since I since we spoke about it, it's um it's just I mean, we were best friends. I was his best man. Like it's like we were already best friends, but this was like another level. It was just like now it just felt like a weight off or relieving in some way that um and then when I told that story on the podcast like I told him when I told him I met him for dinner told him I was so nervous and you know I was really 
nervous about what he would say. Not that I, not that I ever thought that he would be angry because it was sort of, I was taking all the blame. I wasn't like confronting him about something he'd done. It was more just me saying, this is how I've been feeling. And this is why I wasn't able to be happy for you for all those years. And the thing, and and I, I won't say what he told me back because it was just like us talking, but but the thing that his perspective on it was so it just changed my whole idea of what that time was and get, and allowed me to have empathy for how he was feeling and how it was affecting him as well. So well, that's the thing. When you started telling this story and as you went along, I just kept thinking, well, he's such a sweetheart and so are you that I just thought, well, of course you're still friends And of course you would both let it go at various times through this journey is the word I'm going to use, because of course, in the beginning, you would be forgiving that he moved on and kind of lived out your dreams with Andy because you're a sweetheart. And then of course, when you were being a bit weird and sort of isolating him and not celebrating his success, he would be a sweetheart and forgiving because he is a sweetheart. Like you both such sweet guys which is why you're friends you know like mm. and then but then I'm I'm astounded that you found other people to tell similar stories on your podcast like is it that that common this kind of scenario oh well in the stories people tell it that that could be about anything it's any sort of struggle that they've had it's okay it's... so it's not these similar cases where they're like telling confessing to friends that they no 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 right okay no No. I mean a great a great podcast for that sort of stuff have you ever heard of heavyweight or heavyweights no that's that is Mm. unbelievable that is the only story I've heard like this was Mark Maron confessing to having um Louis CK on before Louis's own you know implosion but have you had that conversation that was kind of Similar. That's what got me onto Mark Maron. Yeah, 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 right. So it was similar, yeah. except that they were they stopped being friends for that whole period of time. And yeah. Louis said, "You know what? I really could have done with you. You know, I yeah. really could have done with your support when I was like going through all that success." So, yeah, but yeah. you and Hamish aren't those guys. No, luckily, no. We, we never went through a bad time or anything. No. It was more, yeah, it was it was a different sort of thing. So, how but, was the yeah. feeling of relief to kind of have that friendship back without the cloud? It, it, it sort of felt like to say brought us closer is probably a bit broad, but it for me personally, it's helped me get over that shame. Yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah, once you've named shame, I mean, wow, that's so strong. Yeah. So yeah, so it's really helped me with that, and it's and it's it's led me to do a bunch of stuff that I've done since then, which is stuff that I'd, I'd never like. I'd done a a bunch of things before that that were like relatively successful and stuff but this is sort of like since then like since the end of 2019 the projects I've done and the things I've made are coming from a place that isn't I just want to be on television of course yeah right yeah so it's like it's not from that place of um I want to be famous I want to be Mm. I want to be loved. Like, of course, you know, I want to be loved. Of Who course. Doesn't? Yeah, yeah. You know, that's always yeah. going to be hard to shake. But 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 the the purpose thing and the shame thing and how vulnerability kills shame, all those things have completely rerouted my whole approach to 
work at least yeah yeah so it's so far beyond your relationship with Hamish absolutely yeah wow. yeah because it was a, it was a confidence thing I was just like it, it was a, it was a, a weird lack of confidence that yeah that I probably I didn't really know how to get past because I was focusing on the wrong thing yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and again it's that Marin thing of other people's success is not related to your failure like they're not yeah. no. connected not at all mm. not at all and, and then even just like the idea of success yeah. I, compl- I, I, I think about that so differently now as well mm. it's like because I came up in the being at Channel 10 and being on road and all that sort of stuff obviously and well obviously to you mm. but um not obviously to everyone yeah. but yeah so like doing all that so I, I kind of thought like you have to be selected by the executives to yes. be successful yeah and 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 that was a you know there's not a lot of spots at that table so it's hard it's hard to feel successful if that's your filter also have you turned 40 you must be in your early 40s yeah now. just yeah mate i can't tell you what a f- switch that is mm. that it you just flick a switch at 40 there's something about it where you just go oh suddenly yeah <laughs> yeah i swear you just see yeah. it Mm. yeah yeah well that's true for me yeah it is true for me probably a couple of years ago it was the big shift for more tips on taking care of you from the unlikeliest of gurus including recipes for relaxing body products you can make at home things to read and watch instead of scrolling through your phone cheap cheerful and calming gift ideas go to calmyourfarm.com.au we'd love to hear your ideas too This has been another Smartfella production in conjunction with the Acast Creator Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.